Welcome to your High Vibration Life podcast with Robin Openshaw, also known online as the Green Smoothie Girl. When you're living your high vibration life, you're healthier in every way. You're more productive, creative, peaceful, and loving. Your high vibration life is calling. And now your host, Robin Openshaw. Hey everyone, it's Robin Openshaw and welcome back to Your High Vibration Life. And I am inviting you into a conversation that I think you're going to enjoy because I'm introducing you today to my friend. I call her MK, but she's known out there as Melissa Catherine Farley. And she is a certified holistic nutritionist. She's a weight loss and lifestyle expert. She's a transformation coach, a hypnotherapist. She's an intuitive. We could go on and on, but she's just so much fun to be around. And I have been really looking forward to this because when I get together with MK, we talk about life and stuff and relationships and our health. And and I'm really looking forward to getting Melissa's take on weight loss because she has a really interesting story of having to overcome a lifelong battle with dieting. And this is of such importance and interest to my audience because my audience is mostly women. I know Melissa's is almost all women and Mm -hmm. every woman I know would love to, even the skinny women want to lose weight. I'm telling you what. And so Melissa's bio talks about her past with disordered eating and body dysmorphia. And so I want to get into that with her because I bet she's going to identify some pain points and help us create some awareness around our own issues around our weight and weight loss. So welcome, Melissa Catherine Farley. Oh, thank you so much for having me. That was an awesome introduction. I can't wait to do this interview. Well, I've been following you for a long time as well as being personal friends. And I love to hear what you have to say to your audience to really shift the conversation about weight loss and dieting. You're not, you're not really so, so big a fan of dieting, are you? Uh, no, I'm completely against it. <laughs> I love you. I love you so much. It's not normal. Um, I, I mean, she's not kidding when we just get together and can't stop talking. Um, I know I'm not a fan of dieting because diets don't work. Um, in my opinion, uh, it's not even in your opinion, you, right? What is there like hundreds of published studies about how if you go on yes. a diet, you might as well just pack another 10 pounds on just to get it over with. Right. Yeah. I mean, 99% of people that go on a diet gain the weight back within one year. I mean, that's, that's not just like a, <laughs> like a slight statistic there. 99%. Um, diets don't set you up for a lifestyle and they don't set you up for success. And what I find with Um, my clientele and women in particular is that after repeatedly dieting, um, we no longer, I would say, once you've, once you say yes to a diet, you, you disconnect from yourself. You actually stop trusting your own body and trusting yourself to know what to eat and how to eat for your body. And everyone's body is different. And you start giving that power over to somebody else. And after repeatedly dieting, by the time I talk to women, I, you know, I'll sit and I'll do talks and I'll say, how many of you eat the way you do because it's, it's what feels good? And how many of you eat the way that you do because along the lines you were told to eat that way? You know, and when I do that with my clients, many of them go, you know, it's so funny. Once I actually sat back, I don't really need to snack or I actually thrive on two meals a day or I just need three meals a day or I definitely need to snack Right. And so it's really getting into a space of what works for me and my lifestyle 
and starting to get back into connection and trust with yourself, which is really, really lost in the dieting world. Okay. So you have a background personally that led you to a career in helping women get healthy about their attitude towards their weight and towards food. Can you tell a little about your own story? Yeah, absolutely. I was, um, I started dieting. Actually, I I didn't start dieting at age 10. Um, I remember looking at myself in the mirror and I wrote in my diary that I needed to lose 10 pounds. And it was crazy to me when I found this years later and I put in there like the date and I added it up. I'm like, oh my God, I was only 10. And I thought that I needed to lose 10 pounds. And I think of like a little girl now, you know, or my niece. And that just breaks my heart because that was when I first started thinking something was wrong with me. And it had to do with the way that I looked at my body. And from that point on, um, I really created this... um, relationship with myself and with food. And I had, um, growing up and I, I love my mom more than anything. Uh, she's one of my best friends and she was, um, she put me on a diet. She put me on Weight Watchers when I was 12. Um, I was never any, any more than 10, 15 pounds overweight. Um, but I remember sitting in this circle cause this is when Weight Watchers, like you went in person and, um, you know, it, there wasn't all the uh, online and all of that. I'm making myself sound so old. And, um, and I just remember sitting in there and there were people talking about like, I find myself getting up in the middle of the night or I'm eating at 12 and like all of these different things. And I was sitting there going, I don't get like, what's wrong with me? Like, I don't, why am I here? And I just remember thinking, oh, it's because I'm, I'm fat. There's something wrong with me. She thinks there's something wrong with me. And um, if, you know, uh, my mom is a perfectionist. And I think that this relates to a lot of people. And I, and I bring this back to the space of dieting because many of um, my clientele are perfectionists. And many dieters, I find, come from the perfectionist um, from the perfectionist mindset, um, where, uh, no matter what they're doing, it's never enough. Um, and a lot of that, they perfectionists really don't like to not have control and therefore they like to create control via dieting. It's one area of their life that they can create control when other areas might be chaotic. Um, and my mom was really a perfectionist and, and was more, critical of the way that I looked and really saw me as an extension of herself. And it was kind of hard to be, you know, 12 and being like, you know, I don't like when you, you know, say comments about my legs. Um, And that was something where, you know, we don't have a voice always when we're, when we're finding our voice. And, you know, that was something that I had to come into. So fast forward with my story, um, what I did instead was I turned to food and that was my comfort. And that was when I really, and it was emotional eating. And I didn't even really understand that concept until years later, I spent um, the next two decades dieting. And I say that I either hated myself skinny or I hated myself fat. I was either, you know, 10, 12 pounds overweight and staying inside and and not going on dates and, and not going to parties and then staying in and eating my feelings and eating the fact that I didn't feel good enough and overeating and really binging and then making myself feel awful and going to bed, berating myself and waking up with the guilt and the shame. Um, or I was either, you know, orthorexia and nervosa, which is like, essentially, I was a chronic dieter eating, you know, really 700 calories, always watching, you know, after I ended up doing Weight Watchers later on in life. And, um, 
I knew the points to everything, but I kept my calories so on point and I, um, and I needed to go to the gym and I wouldn't go to the bar to meet my friends because I didn't want to, you know, I didn't want bar food. So it became like a prison of sorts of, you know, on the outside, I looked a certain way and I became known as the body and being super fit and super trim and a fitness competitor. And on the inside, food was controlling me and my happiness. And if I wasn't in my size two, you know, then it was a bad day. So either way, I, I was... I was in some sort of dieting mentality and some sort of prison that I had created on myself that really, I call it, it was just, it really stole my joy and it held me back from pursuing my, my dreams and really believing that I was enough in a lot of areas in my life, sabotaging relationships and other things from just not really, again, believing that I was worthy and deserving of them. I've watched a few friends do the fitness competitor thing and I'll hold back on my opinions um, yeah. From my observations, because I'm curious what you think about what happens to the psyche of a female in the fitness competitive <laughs> world. I, well, I think my laughing is giving it away. I had no idea what I was in for. Um, it was an incredible experience in many ways to actually see what I was capable of doing. I learned so much about food and my body and this and the science of, of, of body transformation. And um I also talk about a complete, you know, just mind, like, excuse my language, but just, I mean, to see yourself transforming, you're going there and you're working out these hours and everything. I mean, there's no way that you're not obsessed in some way. I mean, you're living and breathing what you're doing. You've got prepared foods. I mean, I lived in New York City at the time and I won the International Natural Body Federation. I won the division for best body. and. Um, I really just did it because I just thought, you know, I remember somebody in the gym asked me if I was training for one. And I thought, no, what, what is that? And at the time that I did it, it's not what it is today. And um, really everybody that did them was out of Canada and, um, or Australia. And I, um, and I had a good experience going into it and I was really dedicated and it was, it was great. What I saw on the flip side was mentally, afterwards, um, it, it messed me up. I mean, not just one year, I'm talking like a few years. And it was also the catalyst that led me to do the work that I do today and to recognize my pattern with food because I never, I, that's what really got me recognizing, like I gained the weight back within six months, less than that, honestly, Robin, like, I think it was like three months. Talk about messing with your mindset. I went from people seeing me one way to where I, you know, I had 10, Honestly, uh, the day of my competition, I was down to 8% body fat. The next day, it was like back up to like 10. But that is extremely, I mean, in order to get your period, you need to be at, you know, 26% as a female, right? right? Um, so I'm down to that. And that's for people that are seasoned competitors. They're just staying in that space, maybe going up about 5, 10 pounds tops. Um, but what happened afterwards was I just saw myself in this space of like, I constantly judge myself. And then to see people see me one way and, and put the weight on in only a few months, I felt, and I was a coach at the time. I was an ideal body coach. I was a complete, I just felt so out of alignment. And that's what really, I sat there and I said, okay, clearly I don't need to diet. Clearly I don't need to know about, know what to eat or not to eat. I'm already, you know, a nutritionist. I do this for, I know what I'm doing. I know how to transform a body in the gym there's something else going on here that I'm just not addressing. 
And having the, the ideal body for me, like didn't make me happy. It didn't heal any of the things that were really bothering me underlying all of this. And that's what brought me to the work that I do. You know, I don't want to go too far sideways of the emotional component of overeating and our, our relationship with our weight. But I do want to just say that, you know, I was close for years to a friend who was a fitness competitor and I think physiologically, the damage that she did to herself and her metabolism, not just from the yo-yoing and the getting her weight down as low as she could and getting as carved up or ripped or shredded or however you want to, whatever you guys call it in that, in that industry, not only was that, and then the bouncing back up and then starting all over again, probably harmful, but also just how the fitness competitors evaluate their food. It's all how much Uh protein versus how much carb and carb becomes a bad word. And, 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 you know, and then they take that into life after the fitness competition too. I don't, I don't think they do. Yeah. I started overeating protein. I mean, I was over consuming protein. I ended up with adrenal fatigue. I messed with my metabolism. I also, through the competition, I got introduced to fake foods. Because I had to have so much protein that all of a sudden I'm eating protein bars I never ate before, um, which are all these chemicals and, and this and that. I'm taking diet pills, um, which I had been taking before, but not to this degree. I, uh, and not for this extended period of time because I stuck with that well after competing. Um, I, I also, um, I mean, yeah, the fake foods was a big one. I mean... There's so much of the that goes on in that industry where you you really aren't eating whole foods anymore, and everything's amped up with protein and, and like fake amounts of protein and fiber and everything. It's like Quest bars, you know, that have like um, you know twenty grams of fiber in them. Um, it, it's yeah. So and it it just led to it was um, it just added to my already um, dieters mentality and just the way my relationship with food was definitely, it didn't help it at all. Yeah. It's interesting. You mentioned the adrenal fatigue because my friend, her name is Jamie, um, was desperately ill for many, many years and she's starting to make a comeback now. Um, but she was, uh, like stage three, stage four adrenal fatigue is what she was, what she was told. And there's plenty of people who are starting to talk about how it's not really adrenal fatigue. It's, you know, um, the HTP axis, it's actually three different glands and, and maybe we don't know everything about it, but the, the adrenal glands are, um, are overtaxed and so much Mm -hmm. protein is also, puts us at risk for all the degenerative diseases. And we have the high protein foods are also really low in fiber and really low in micronutrients. And so it's just a a drum that I beat a lot and we'll leave that because I, it's all part and parcel of this whole idea of emotional eating. Tell me more about, you said that you hated yourself skinny and you hated yourself fat. What's the hating yourself skinny part? Is that like, Oh, like because you hated yourself, you'd go to from skinny to fat, to skinny to fat. No, I hate him. I mean, truly, I believe like, listen, if you really love yourself and you want to eat foods that your body needs, you want to eat until you're hungry and stop when you're full. Um, you don't want to binge. You don't want to, you don't want to, you don't force yourself to do workouts when your body's like unexhausted. Um, it, it's not, um, you know, what, you don't deprive yourself and sit there and feel hungry and be in such a controlled state of deprivation. Um, that's not really being in partnership with yourself. I talk a lot about being connected with your body. That's a partnership. 
You know, that, that's, that's knowing your body and asking it what it needs and listening. And the body's not saying like, hey, starve me and force me to go work out for two hours and, and let's see what happens and let's hope for some energy. You know, the body's, the body's saying like, I need you to care for me. Yeah. And we have this toll. Yep. It takes a toll on our psyche. And then we forget because we don't, we get so reductionistic about the way we look at our health. We forget that taking a toll on our psyche is going to take a toll on our physical body too. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, you're one in the same. It's, it's, I mean, you know, there's so much around this, but I mean, it's, you know, as much as like, I mean, your relationship to yourself and, and so many women will come to me and say, but I just don't know. They have really have no idea how to eat for their body anymore. They don't trust a thing. And with all the information out there, they are so confused. And I really bring people back to a place of what I call body wisdom, which is actually connecting with yourself to know and start to understand how are certain foods reacting to your body. So you know what's working for you. Your body wants to get to your ideal weight. It wants to regulate on its own. It's telling you all the time things that are working for you and things that aren't. But you have to be tuned in and listening. And you have to actually like you. And this is one that really is hard for a lot of women that I talk to. and, And many will actually, you know, will get quite emotional because they're like, when I really say to them, you know, do you, on a scale of one to 10, how much do you love you? And they're like, oh, no, I think about like a seven. And I'm like, all right, on a scale of one to 10, how much do you love your body? And they're like, oh no, that's at like a two. I'm like, okay, you do know that they're one and the same. Right. And then they kind of sit in silence. And, you know, and that's when I just said, you know, if you, if you were really in a space, you know, do you look at yourself in the mirror? Do you see yourself naked? Do you, or do you run by or kind of look up in a, in a dis, in disgust? You know, oftentimes we're doing these things subconsciously and not even noticing that we've avoided a mirror without clothes on for weeks. Or we kind of look up and just focus, you know, just on our eyes. Or the comments of just being like, looking in the mirror and being like, God, I can see your wrinkles. Like, that's not loving you. So it's it's really working on that that full holistic, um, looking at all the areas. Like I, I was saying to you, you know, earlier, it's like I work with people on where there's lack, you'll fill those gaps with food. And a lot of the lack that I find when we've spent so much time dieting, it, we're making ourselves wrong and we're saying that something's wrong and we're focusing on the lack that's within ourselves. And oftentimes it's, it's not that you need another diet. It's, there's areas in your life where you aren't fully fulfilled and things that you've been needing for a long time that you just keep piling more stuff on or coming from that place of I need to control. Um, and you don't want to look at the things that are actually there that um, if we took the time um, would release you of the need to want food the way that you do. You know, it's hard for women to even hear loving themselves, especially when you start talking about your body and standing in front of a mirror and looking at yourself naked and being in full acceptance and love because it's hard to even think about loving yourself. If you hate, you actually hate yourself or there's disgust or loathing or some of the words that you mentioned. I wrote a, a blog series. It was like four or five different blog posts with a subject line of, I love my body. It serves me well. And that's, mm. that's where I started on this whole journey. My best friend, when I was like 17, 18, would, would say to me, would challenge me if I ever was critical of myself. And I was probably the worst of the bad. Um, she would say, what, how are you not seeing that your body is beautiful? How are you not seeing 
how well it served you. Like we, and we just list off all the things that I can do. And, and that's not to say we're taking completely the focus off of how my body looks, but I, it was actually a woman who by anyone's standards would probably not, you know, be a supermodel and probably had 20 more pounds on her than the, the American ideal is considered to be who said to me once in the gym, I love my body. It serves me well. And I, and I started with that. I couldn't go to, I love my body. I could, I could say my body yes. serves me well. And I, and I, that's what this blog post series was about is my body serves me that. so well. And it really brought me around to that. And I can think of a thousand ways that it serves me well and how I want to be tender with it. And I want to be compassionate and I want to have flexibility and give and take. And so, you know, just to drive this home, counting calories didn't serve you well, obsessing about how many grams of protein to eat didn't serve you well. And yet you have a career in helping women overcome cravings, get to their healthy weight and stay there without dieting. Is that really possible? And and how do you work with your clients like that? Yeah, it is possible. Um, I'm like, it is possible. I have created a career at it. Um, and, um, it, it really goes like this. First, you have to, it's about learning how to take, it's shifting your relationship with food by shifting your relationship with yourself. Um, and what we do is I call it, it's the MK method. And it's what I did with myself. It took me 10 years because I, um, I quite honestly, I didn't know where to go to get this type of help. I was like, do I go to a therapist? They're not helping me. Do I go like where do I go for all of this? And I started kind of piecemealing and doing different things and finding things that really worked for me. And um, pivotal people for me were Marianne Williamson and Louise Hay. Marianne Williamson wrote a book on 21 spiritual lessons to weight loss. And that's where I really started going, oh my God, like I really like, I'm, I thought I was just a dieter like everybody else. So I put this for this methodology together that took me 10 years and I started doing it with women. Um, I started off at like, you know, three months, six months. And then I was like, no, it really needs to be a year. And um, my program is called Weight Loss for Life. And um, it's a year long program. And this is the one I have um, another foundational program. That's my jumpstart. But to really be done with dieting, um, it's, it's really, t- is, it takes a year and then it's a commitment to a lifestyle, really. Um, and it's working through the MK method. And the MK method is a fully holistic method where we take people through the process of food freedom, which is desensitizing the emotional attachment that we have to food. So foods will have different memories to them and they can be great, but it's about how do you not feel guilt when you overeat or how do you not feel guilt around having a brownie um, or having, you know, chips. And um, a lot of times that happens when we have all these foods on the bad food list and then we have this memory around them that they are what in turn made us quote unquote fat. I hate that word, but, um, and so it's, it's, and I always say, it's not the ice cream that made you overweight. It's the amount of ice cream that you ate and the energy, the, like the relationship that you attach to it. So we take people through food freedom. Um, we don't believe in scales. We get you off of the scale. Um, so we don't bring scales back in until towards the end of the program after you're not tied to the number on the scale and you're actually just focusing on how good you feel. And then we start to create the lifestyle, the lifestyle practices that serve you so that you are doing things really under the guise of 
going to bed, taking it one day at a time, going to bed each night, feeling proud. If you actually, most dieters sit there and they've been in a space of, um, mentally, they feel like they've been on a diet forever. But when they really sit there and look at the span of seven days, it's been about like the two days they actually ate in accordance of, with their quote unquote diet or three days. And so what this is about is it's like, if instead of focusing on calories or anything else, you're just focusing on going to bed proud, meaning you moved your body, you found like fitness, we call it fueled fitness, fitness that you really love. Um, So it's putting all of these pieces into place. But what we do in this formula and in the program is the women are choosing this themselves and they gradually put more on themselves. Um, So I'll always be talking about things, but my clients will come back and go, I'm the one that decided to add an extra day of working out. I'm the one that decided to, you know, I realized that dairy's not working for me. So I did this. And we make, we have, you know, specific guidelines that we'll, we'll put out and recipes and workouts and, and all of the things that would encompass having a healthy lifestyle. Because um, I'm very much an advocate for that, obviously, and clean eating and other things. However, I'm really an advocate for each person's body is different, as is the way that they want to look and feel, as is their lifestyle. And putting everybody under just one program, guys, this is the best way in a group capacity to actually allow for the customization and to give them the tools for lasting change and to see them through varying forms of self-sabotage that can come up throughout. So when they lose the weight to be there for when they're going to want to self-sabotage or for the holidays or for when life happens. Okay. So I asked Melissa Catherine, if she would give you a gift, those of you who are interested in changing your relationship with your weight and weight loss and diets and food. And so you can find it at greensmoothiegirl.com slash MK. Those are capitals MK for Melissa Catherine. So greensmoothiegirl.com slash MK. Tell us about, I wanted to air this during, you know, as we head into the holidays, because people who are, who have struggled with their weight fear the holidays. And sometimes, you know, they get the best of us. And sometimes we, you know, manage to power through and do mostly healthy things. But I think that your challenge here, your healthy holiday challenge will be helpful so that, you know, you're getting tips, you're getting support, you're getting ideas so that you get through the holidays without another five pounds. Cause you know, it's not, it's not easy or fun to have to lose five pounds when it's dark and cold and it's January. And so wouldn't it just be better if we just didn't gain it this year? So tell us a little (laughs) about what the healthy holiday challenge is about what we get in it. Yeah, absolutely. So the healthy holiday challenge is awesome. Um, it's a 25 day challenge. It will take you right through the holidays um, and up until New Year's. And what's great about it is you get a tip to your inbox each day with a call to action. Um, and on top of that, we also have a private Facebook community where I'm going to be doing Facebook lives just for you guys to support you and answering your questions through the challenge and anything that you're needing. Um, and we have a different like fun surprises and things for you along the way. But what I found and, you know, we run this, it's a big gift to our community. And each year the women just say, it's so nice to receive a tip that just keeps you in alignment and it's fun. So it keeps, you know, it keeps the holidays fun. It helps you to not stress out. And it's not only, you know, just about staying healthy, but also enjoying food without having the guilt and the shame that can come along with it. 
And without packing on the pounds and finding yourself going into New Year's being like, why did I just do that? What just happened? How did I just undo months of me feeling great in the last three weeks? And that's, there's nothing worse than that. And that's what I help women to avoid. And that's what we have for you in the challenge. And, you know, learning to care for ourselves and even love ourselves is part of living at higher vibrations. In fact, it's really impossible if we don't. So, um, Melissa, Catherine, thank you so much for today. I really enjoyed this conversation. And I know it's always helpful to stop and think about the deeper issues around why we might have an extra five or 50 pounds. And if so, how do we deal with it that doesn't involve self-punishment, self-flagellation, self-hatred? And I love that you've conquered that battle. And of course, it's always an ongoing process, but that you're leading the way and having conversations with women that go to these really, really deep seated issues. And so thanks for being with us and tell everyone where they can find more about you. Thank you so much for having me and you're incredible and your new book is incredible. I hope everybody got it. Um, and uh, you can learn more about me at www.melissacatherine.com. Love it. Thanks so much, MK. You got it, girl. Thank you. Thank you.